everyone, this is Inside the Tribe. We talk here about moving to another country, integration, challenges, and fun and experience while living in different culture. Today, my guest is Rania. Hi, Rania. Hi, Maria. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. I'm really looking forward to our talk. I think your story will be interesting uh, for many, many people. Mm-hmm. Um, you told me that you are originally Lebanese. Yes, correct. I think it's very specific. I'm really fond of um, Middle East culture. I'm really looking forward to talk uh, to you and see how moving to different cultures and country was for you. Okay. Could you tell me about your first experience to move and to compare cultures and how was it for you? Where did you move first time? Okay, so I... The, the the first move abroad was almost 20 years ago now, when I left Lebanon after uh, completing my undergrad stud- studies. And I went to Paris to do my master's degree, spent three years there, and then I got a job in London. And I spent almost 10 years in London. So maybe we focus on the experience in London, because it's almost the same in terms of culture, like European culture and what that entailed to me moving you mean from, from Lebanon. Yeah. Yeah, you mean France and um, UK. At the UK, yeah, yeah. yeah. When I arrived to the to the UK, I was still single. I, I it was a cultural shock for me, especially being on my own, because in Lebanon, as you're saying, the Middle Eastern culture and society is very much around like having family around, having your support system very close to you. Whenever you need something, you know who to call, you know who to reach out to. You have basically your anchor points and you're comfortable with that and Beirut is a I I grew up in Beirut it's a small it's the capital of Lebanon but still it's a very small city so everything seemed easy there and when I came to London it was like you know (laughs) a drop a fish in the ocean so it Mm -hmm. was quite overwhelming and I started working here so there was the pressure of the job itself I was in investment banking so it was a very uh, stressful job and period of my life yeah and then I I was single then I got married while I was in London and I had my first child when I was here and this made it only more difficult (laughs) more intense more intense because this is when you feel also the difference in not only the difference in culture but how uh, as you know like being a parent is difficult and especially with the first child no matter where you are even in your home country and being here and juggling the job juggling my child having no one around me was very tricky so mm-hmm. I uh, I struggled at the beginning. I little by little I started learning, being curious, asking people around, and uh, eventually I got used to it. But it was a steep learning curve, like jump and swim, right? Yeah. From what I hear, it, the difference of um, a size of the city and no family around—it's a big differences. But could you tell me what is the biggest culture? difference? I think when I talk about a family, I guess here in the UK, especially in London, you have people coming from all over the place, even British people who are here, but whose family are not in London. Mm -hmm. So I found that the cultural difference for me was basically not being so dependent on your family and your support system. And I felt that I was, it was normal for me to be here and I was expected to do what I, I was supposed to do and deal with it all by myself. And I felt that people were around and it seemed okay for everyone. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas where I come from, when you become a mom, like you have a whole, you know, it's a bit like um, having an army of people yeah. around you, supporting you morally, supporting you physically. And here I felt that the culture was like, no, you have to do it on your own. Of course, you're lucky to have people around, even help. Like at some point I considered having a help, having a nurse to help me at home. And I felt that I was a bit too spoiled when I was mentioning that. And I ended up not having one and I regret it now because of all the pressure around. Yeah, I'm thinking more as a as a mom here. On a personal level, so if we move away a bit from the experience as a mom, yeah. the, the biggest difference was that I was working in a very male-dominated industry here in London. I was in uh, in banking, in, in the yeah. finance industry. And, and I was very pleased to see how people treated me I mean, more or less equally to everyone else. I was one like everyone. In Lebanon, unfortunately, that is not always the case. And a woman there, like when you get married, when you start getting children, I guess 80% of women there stop their career to focus on their family. So this here, and when I was working, even after I had my first child, I kept on working. I was very happy to do so because back home, they were like, oh my God, are you doing that? Why don't you stop? Why don't you focus on your child? Your child needs you, etc." So that was another aspect okay. that I uh, reflected on. And I'm happy that I had the chance to, to keep my career. It would have been more challenging, I guess, back home. Yeah, it's, um, I can relate that because in Russia it's usual that you can stay three years at home after the baby it's like in Germany and some women prefer that and there I have some friends that three years old six years old and nine years old so it's like every three years they don't return to work right Okay, but at least you have that. In Lebanon, there is no system to support that. The maternity la- the maternity leave there is two months, In 60 Lebanon. days, and that's it. So if you don't come back after 60 days, your job is compromised, basically. Yeah, and in Lebanon. Is there option um, like doing part-time, like in Europe? or Difficult. I mean, there are options, obviously, but very, very rare, especially in the finance industry where they expect you to be you know, full time. And the good thing about it here is I had one year maternity leave, which was, I mean, six months were paid and fully paid and the other six months were partially paid, which I found, you know, given, given where I come from, I was like, wow, that's really good. And that's what I mean by being a woman and working and being treated like everyone else equally. Now, of course, in terms of pay and all, this is a different, different subject, but overall, yes, I was happy about it. Yeah. I think also with the child care system and everything, it's also a big difference, right, with Lebanon? What do you mean, like the having uh, the support, like the, I mean, the no. nurseries and things like that? Or? Yeah, like uh, kindergarten and the early child care, you know. Yes, but see, that's the difference. In Lebanon, you have that, you have nurseries, and you could take your child at an early age to a nursery. But most people don't do it because the grandparents are around, or the sisters and brothers, and they all live in the same town. So the support system there is big. And here, for me, it was non-existent. And uh, that was what I was mentioning at the beginning about family and, and having people around. So I had to rely on the childcare system. I had to put my son at six months old in a nursery. And that was a big leap of faith for me that I never thought I would do at such an early age. But I had to do it because I wanted to save my job and continue. Yeah. Mm. 
I still remember some of my um, friends for them was a bit also uh, unusual that my first Kate, she went into childcare at eight months when and I came, went to work. And for me, honestly, it was also a relief. I was happy to return to work. Yeah. I was so happy to talk to another adults. Mm. Some little things like having a warm coffee in quiet environment, yeah. talking on some, you know, other topics and crazy, but you go in toilet alone. And, yeah. um, <laughs> the space to hide, right? <laughs> yes, because sometimes I uh, needed to remind myself that I need to close the door because yeah. at home it was already normal that you don't close the door because anytime you, your baby will knock on the door and shout for mommy. So such little things. Oh, I don't know. Just put makeup and go mm. out and uh, that people see you also not only mom. Right. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's important psychologically when I think about Lebanon and if I close my eyes it's really such a juicy picture with sun and colors and yes. nice food right yeah so that actually now that you bring that up I don't know if you put that under culture but I I missed a lot like being here the warmth of the people because I mean I'm biased because I come from there so maybe that's what I consider normal like people being very helpful being very not only helpful but just being around with a big smile always trying you know to 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 make the most out of things and uh, yeah and being very warm when I came here maybe because I didn't know lots of people to start with I felt that I was in a very cold environment the weather doesn't help obviously <laughs> And the gray skies and the rainy London. But I would walk on the street and I was like, why are people so stressed out? Why people are, you know, like looking down, walking fast, uh, barely smiling. The pace was a bit too much, okay. too overwhelming for me at the beginning. Yeah. And I'm used there to go out on a sunny day, stroll on the street, say hi to the neighbor, stop uh, and, you know, talk to someone on the street because you will recognize familiar faces. And here it was not like that at all. Okay. So that also contributed to the fact that I felt a stranger for many yeah. years until I started getting ingrained in the culture here. Mm. I think for me, it, and it's funny because for me, it's opposite. Okay. Now I live in a small village, you know, mm. like uh, 20 something thousand. And I was living before eight years in Moscow, which are more than yeah. 50 yeah. millions. So there exactly, it's everything rush, like you say, in London, probably, and everybody is not so, you know, they don't look on each person when they walk and yeah. don't read the emotions and don't give feedback because it's, it's too much. It's too many people. Mm. You can't be involved in each of them, you know? Right. Also, sometimes when I now return to Moscow and I sit somewhere in, in cafe or restaurant, like before Corona, there was a lady and she was waiting for a friend taking food. And I was like, yeah, um, enjoy your food. Enjoy your meal. Like, bon appetit. Yeah. And she's like, do I know you? <laughs> I'm like, no, but I thought I would just, you know, yeah. uh, wish you um, to right. enjoy and everything. She's like, or do we study together? No, it's just there is not a, um, in habit to approach people that you don't know. I, if you, for example, if you need help, it's okay. But not like 
how are you? It's a nice day. Like there is no Just culture of small, yeah. Mm. yeah, of small talk. And now here, living in a small village, of course, you know more people just in face sometimes. And you say like, at cashe, you can ask something and have two right. sentences. Right. And it gives this these points of connection and uh, the and feeling warmth. that you, yeah, it warms and it belongs. Like you're welcomed. But it's different and it's funny sometimes when you brought it when you bring this back first it's a little shock for people they're like why is she talking to me mm-hmm. and then if you explain that yeah I just I don't know you have a nice dress or something oh yeah. that's a nice jacket or something oh, what where and and then they and then they smile and they're like oh yeah. thank you that was so nice right. just thank you very much unexpected you know it's unexpected I have to say though I look back and these moments were when I was single or going to work oh my god the tube you know the tube experience like that was obviously pre-corona as well and long time ago when everyone would be crammed either looking at the newspaper or their phone no one looking at each other so yeah that that seemed very very strange for me but now that I have children I have three children and uh, they're going to school here since we came back from Abu Dhabi I find this aspect of culture change a little bit because when you're with children the conversation even approaching a stranger let's say let in the playground for example another mom with her children and let's say the two are playing on the same slide is I feel more comfortable approaching someone and talking to someone and then you realize that it just takes one to start a conversation it can go person can be uninterested and that's fine but oftentimes they will engage in a discussion and I'm finding it now uh, easier and this warmth and connection for me with people around is different yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I think motherhood, it's um, increase your circle of connections, right? Yes, exactly. And makes conversation, small talk, as you said, easier. And then it can lead to more. And I can think of now close friends that I made since we came back, thanks to motherhood, I would say, or yeah. thanks to the children. Is it a broad cultural uh, group or yes yes uh it's a broad cultural group so it's mostly people who are like me not from the uk uh or maybe their husband is british or both are international and they are here for work and they are raising their children here so this also brings the connection makes the connection stronger Because we relate a lot and we talk about experiences, about what we miss, about our trips and and plans with the family back home. And, you know, it helps. What would you do differently, knowing now your experience moving to London? What would I do differently in terms of, like, integrating more, you mean, in the culture? Like making that adaptation and going into Mm. culture easier for, for you? I guess just... First, being grateful to where I am, because London offered so many things to me. Uh, So just accepting that and and being aware of the fact that it's normal to have cultural differences and embrace what I have and be more curious. I think I got a bit fixated on what wasn't here Mm -hmm. rather than what was here. And uh, so it was a very fixed mindset. It's like, oh, I miss so much mm-hmm. this from home. Oh, the... so it get me into a vicious circle of not appreciating what was offered to me, looking mm-hmm. at the glass half full than half empty. I think that I would have done a bit differently. I eventually got there, but it took me a while and made these years harder. Okay. And I didn't, 
necessarily, as I said, because I didn't feel the warmth and the connection of people. I didn't make enough efforts to go and connect with people who were not Lebanese. So I went straight to the Lebanese diaspora here, to the Lebanese community, and I made lots of friends, which I'm very happy I, I did, and they're very and they're still very close friends. But I didn't diversify. Okay. I kept in my cocoon, uh, in my comfort zone too long. Okay. Um, is it a big community in London? It is, yeah. It is. There's a big uh, community of Lebanese, yeah. Okay. I don't know the number exactly, but they're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Talking to your next move, and it's also a bit funny because it's like from Middle East yes. and back to Middle East. Right, right. So it's uh, Abu Dhabi. Uh, also interesting how and why this location was chosen, what mm. is the motivation and how was that move so the move to abu dhabi was uh, after we spent nearly 10 years in in london the last three with a child with our first son and i think we were both my husband is also in the financial industry he's spanish by the way i didn't mention that at the beginning so it makes it even more international <laughs> but I, i i guess we were a bit too tired with the pace of uh of our lifestyle here and because we had a, a toddler back then we thought let's experience something new if if it's possible of course mm -hmm. so he started looking uh, at opportunities outside of the uk we didn't really target the UAE or the Middle East per se we, he was just open to to the location even Europe yeah. at some point we considered other other parts of Europe and the opportunity came in uh, Abu Dhabi uh, a good position uh, good job and it's funny I I'm from the Middle East I've never been to the UAE and I tell you it's a bit of, of a different country it, to to, it, to Lebanon assume. and I've yeah. come to this yeah, yeah. And I was so excited about it because we really needed a change. And I was like, I don't know if it's because it was in the Middle East. It made me feel a bit better. Although, again, it's quite different. And I told him, okay, let's go without even visiting the country. So when they gave him uh, an offer, they said, you know, you can come with your family to check, you know, like in most expat countries or expat jobs, they, they offer this to the family that yeah. come uh, see the country, see the schools, see what if it works for you before making a final decision. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, no, no. And I remember it was a bit complicated for me in terms of work and arranging all of this. But of course, I could have done it if I wanted to i was like okay let's go yes sign the offer i'll adapt i'll be i'll be okay there and he signed the contract and we went to the uae like we moved we packed our things here and we did proper move without me going there be beforehand okay. well that's a that's a excitement uh, yeah. it's a risky move i would say yeah i think it was one of the riskiest and them <laughs> things I've ever done I, thank god it worked well it was my gut feeling it's my my, my intuition saying yeah. uh, that's the right thing to do just don't overthink it did you have But, to quit I was pregnant with my second child and I uh, worked for an American bank for Citigroup back then I had agreed with them that I'll be on a met, um, on a not maternity leave on a sabbatical and reconsider my options after the birth of my second child now the good thing is they have an office there and they told me they didn't promise me a job but they said that they'll do everything they can to help me get a job with City there. So I was still on their payroll. I was still an employee of City, which made me feel a bit more secure. Yeah, I, it feels like it's more secure. And I think it's a uh, it's rare and great option that, for example, when your partner moves with his job, 
that mm-hmm. you have your company there yeah. and they willing to think about options. I think it's, yeah. it's a rare. So that thing. I think also helped the decision. So we moved there. I was pregnant with my second child. We arrived there. We stayed in one of these uh, furnished apartments for like a month or two until we got our stuff from London until we found a house this is when I realized like whoa what have I done (laughs) this is this is completely new to me I think I expected it to be like this but once you're there you realize that okay I wasn't maybe mentally prepared for all these changes so yes it's it's a country in the Middle East but it's far from from Lebanon in terms of culture and from what I'm used to first of all it's a much more conservative country as you may know so lots of things that I take I took for granted were not I would say allowed or permitted so I would go and it's a hot country there so we went there it was April or May it was already 35 or 37 degree and I was walking on the street with a short I mean not too short but like a pair of shorts like okay it's hot let's go and a t-shirt and oh my god that was the worst thing that didn't you know I knew, I knew that, because that's the thing, in Dubai, you can do it. So the UAE is, is, yes, a very conservative country, but it's not like Saudi Arabia. I knew that in Saudi Arabia, you cannot do this and you have to wear, you know, the hijab and the robe and all. But in in the UAE, I've been told that it's okay-ish and you don't have to be. uh, So I was stopped by a police officer and asked to go back home and change. (laughs) So that was my first, like, slap in the face. Okay, Rania, reset and... (laughs) remember what the culture is here mm-hmm. at the same time and, and I'll give you this example so yes there are things that you have to be careful with and be respectful and just accept what is doable and what is not doable but at the same time I was so positively surprised and so positively and so pleased that I landed a job after I gave birth to my second child I decided not to go back to Citigroup because the job didn't really match the expectations I had and the flexibility so I found a job in a local company so it's a it's a sovereign wealth fund in finance as well owned by the government when I joined I think there were only 10 it's like a 3,000 it's a big company 3,000 people 2,000 to 3,000 people with 10 percent women okay I got this job and I was impressed with the way that you know I was very uncomfortable being in a local, I would say, environment with lots of men, with local, uh, like people from the UAE, you know, wearing the traditional clothes. and all. So I was a bit uncomfortable at the beginning and I didn't know, like, oh, can I shake hands? Can I not shake hands? Yeah, my question would be right away to that. Were there some, not integration course, but, you know, like get in course, like these are rules of behavior or no. that not? No, we didn't. I wish. I mean, I was asking around and I quickly understand. Yeah, just don'ts or do's, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, there was no integration course per se. But I guess I started putting that list in my mind uh, quite yeah. uh, quickly. But that's the thing. There is a contrast. So there are things that you would, would shock you because they coming from... Europe or even coming from Lebanon, which is not a typical Middle Eastern country. Lebanon, you know, they used to call it the Switzerland, actually, of of the Middle (laughs) East. It's very much European in its way of functioning, of culture, of society. I was more used to this than I came to London for 10 years. So going there, it was a bit of a of a reset having said that I had the best experience. If I think of my best years, I would say 
those were the years in Abu Dhabi, despite all the restrictions, despite all the, you know, things that were not part of my culture, but the rest compensated for it. It's such a very, very warm people. So the warmth of the people and the connection, they welcome the expat and they are really grateful to what we bring to them, you know, in terms of knowledge, expertise in the companies from a professional point of view, from a economic point of view. That warmth, uh, gratefulness, respect was very high on the bar there. And I think it made me quite fulfilled. It allowed me to keep on working. So the flexibility, they give so much importance to, to the family. So all the women who worked in that local company, and we were again like 10% I spent six years there so by the sixth year that 10% went up to 20% because okay. I had a program focused on enrolling women and local women so UAE women and that is a big shift in their culture because it you is. know compared to other places in the Middle East where women are not even allowed to drive the UAE is quite visionary and expanding in that respect so yeah when the flexibility was there they would clearly understand the moment I said I had to go to school like during work hours, I need to pop out because there is an assembly for my child or there is a prize giving or there is a piano recital. I need to go for an hour and come back. And they go, oh, of course, of course, take your time. This is very important. I couldn't do this here in London. That would have been considered like, come on, it's, you know, you have to compromise. And if your there's a meeting, we're not going to move the meeting. Yeah. The job is the priority. I can relate completely about this warmth of people generally in Middle East, because um, I worked four years with all the countries <clears throat> in Middle East, and I can really relate. It's very, very warm culture. I mean, you need to kind of build the trust with time and reliability. Also, the difference sometimes is on the culture that, you know, for example, working with Germany or some other European countries, you need to write down after meeting something like these points we were discussing with Middle East. It's basically if you say something, you already give your commitment and word that you do that. Mm. And um, related to family, they always like, oh, how are you kids? And yeah. my second child was born, they oh, bless him. So it doesn't matter if their yes. religion is different. They always like, oh, wish him the best. That's the most yes. important. And yeah. They put a lot of emphasis on family. Yeah. And actually, I'll tell you a story. So my second child was born uh, there. And I, uh, after she was born, I applied for a job. And I started when she was, I think, one. And and a few months later, I discovered that I was pregnant oh. again. <laughs> How am I going to tell them this? And I was thinking, of course, of uh, I was wearing my London hat, my investment banking hat here and thinking, OK, if I'm going to go and say that, I probably lose my job. They asked me not to come back after. <laughs> Tomorrow. After. And I was so stressed out and I still remember until this day, and that was seven years ago, the moment I stepped into the office of my boss to tell him, and he's from there, he's, uh, he's a local, which made the discussion even harder uh, for me because uh, it was all in my mind and I was making up stories. So I come in, I started preparing mm -hmm. and pondering my words and, and then I blurted, I was like, I'm pregnant. The reaction he had was the most amazing reaction. I think even my husband wasn't as happy as this. He was completely, it's like, oh my God, mashallah. You know, they have this yeah, word, mashallah. Yes. 
is God blessed and this is a blessing you shouldn't feel bad about it's like you know it's the timing and this like of course you shouldn't talk about this this is the best thing that can ever happen and we're here to support and don't worry and you know so this was really uh, very uh, heartwarming yeah I think in this direction in Europe there's still something to change and learn huh Mm, in Europe, maybe not. Yeah, for me, it's really interesting to to hear that um, differences between countries, which you think like, yeah, it's the same region, but it can be so different. Mm. You know? How was then back returning to London again? Big shifts forward back. It is a big shift. Now, the good thing about it is I knew what to expect, although I left with one child and came back with three. three. <laughs> uh, so that was a big shift, but I more or less knew what was awaiting me now i i admit that i still find it hard especially when young age children in the uae where i had help so that's another thing which is a big part of the culture people do have help at home and you're almost like helping these people you know it's like you're employing them yeah. away and helping them so it's not considered like luxury a luxury here it's like if you have a living it's like oh wow you have mm. a living there no it's like part of the culture and that helped me a lot in keeping a balance between work and family and having a nice lifestyle being good with myself not stressing myself too much and making everything more or less work in a pleasant way mm-hmm. here I'm very happy we came back I think education for us and schools was our number one driver and of course my husband's work as well but we were convinced of the move back so in a way I'm I'm happy and I'm dealing with it because I knew, as I said, what to expect. But I still have, <laughs> I still look back and uh, and think of those moments and think of what is missing right now compared mm. to, to that. And I try not to do it because I learned, as you said, from when you asked me, what would you have done differently? This is what I should be doing differently right now, not think too much because we are where we are and we have to think forward rather than backward. But sometimes I cannot control these moments of, uh, you know, thinking back and it was a sweeter life there. It's really nice to hear people, you know, positive experiences in different countries. It's also, Mm. uh, sometimes it can be more tough, I would say. Yeah. Would you say it's your last move? Take you back to London? I hope that, you know, for the medium term, and when I say medium, it's like oh, medium long, ten, in the next 10 years until the children finish their studies here, or at least their school years, mm-hmm. we won't move again. Because I think also for children, moving a lot can be disturbing. Thank God so far, they're happy. It was difficult for them the first year, I would say, when we came back here, which is expected. Uh, but now they're happy, and ideally we won't move but then when I think of the future and of our retirement and I don't think we'll stay here my husband's Spanish and I'm from Lebanon ideally we'll go to one of our countries so far it looks more like Spain than Lebanon given the bad situation in Lebanon and yeah uh, yeah, I, I won't say it's my last but I would say it's my last big move like in terms of schools and settling in the other will be really our choice rather than doing it for the children or doing it for the job guess in 10 years or 15 years from now hopefully we'll choose where we would like to to retire once the children are in universities and when we have a bit more control of our yeah I mean when they would go to university you will be more flexible just two of you what languages (laughs) are at your home used a lot (laughs) So this is a good one because we are a multilinguistic family. 
I speak four languages and the children, I wouldn't say they speak four, but they understand four languages. So the main one is English. And I say, unfortunately, because I, I wanted them to speak more one of our native languages at home, but because they are in such an Anglo-Saxon environment, even in Abu Dhabi, they were, and they go to British school, they went to British school there, and they are obviously in the British system here. It's so hard. They just stick to one language mm. with one parent. That was our aim. So I speak to them in Lebanon, uh, as you might know, we, we, speak different languages so Arabic is our native language but we uh, learn French from a very early age because Lebanon was a French yeah. um, protectorat like a mm-hmm. colony so I speak Arabic and French to my children in a sentence I can mix both because that's the way we speak in Lebanon <laughs> sometimes I mix English as well it makes it three in one language I sometimes even mix two languages in one word yeah so <laughs> that's even, even better yeah <laughs> So I speak to them, I would say more French than Arabic. And Emilio, my husband, speaks to them Spanish and only Spanish. And our common language was English. And it's still English. So because I'm not too comfortable speaking to him in Spanish, just it's not natural, though I became fluent in Spanish now, but it's just not natural for me. And it's not natural for him to speak to me French. So the children listen to us speaking in English. And that makes it even easier for them because they know okay mom and dad speak English so why can't we respond in English to them yeah they will understand right yeah um yeah I think it's the extra efforts to keep language and culture and to give it to our kids yeah wow what a story I'm I'm full of (laughs) um, impressions really um, thankful that you could share and um, give different perspectives thank you for having me may I ask you to say in Arabic inside the tribe بألب القبيلة. مرحبا. مرحبا. Thank you. Yeah, one of my goals is to learn Arabic. I think it's amazing language also to write and speak. Thank you very much, Rania. And thank you very much, guys, for listening to us today. We come back in a week. It was Inside the Tribe. Bye-bye.